prayer is a tough thing sometimes, isn't it? Right? We just we just prayed. Um, just lost my mic. Let's try that again. Okay. Um, but Jesus told us before he left, he told us to ask of him, right? And now we ask in his name. Um, so it, it can be pretty hard to understand. Um, but what if instead of wondering about it, we just looked at what he said, right? We're supposed to ask him, why don't, why don't we just look at what he said prayer was supposed to look like? He described what prayer was supposed to look like in, in the parable we're going to look at tonight. So let's turn to Luke 11. All right, Luke, Luke 11, verse 1. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. So even, even in the busyness of Jesus' ministry, he made a priority to pray, right? Uh, earlier in this book, he says, Great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he, being Jesus, he would withdraw to desolate places to pray. And this, that was a common thing for Jesus to do, right? Um, here it seems like his disciples, here in Luke 11, it seems like his disciples are waiting for him, right? They're, they know he's praying, and it's, it's like they're watching him pray, right? They're waiting for him to get done, um, because his prayers were so different than all the different religious leaders in Israel. They prayed long and elaborate prayers so everyone could see. They'd stand up in front of people just to get noticed by others. Um, but in contrast, we, we really don't have, if you notice, we don't even really have that many of Jesus' prayers even recorded in Scripture. Um, we have a couple. Uh, John 17 would probably be the um, exception with that. But even, even in the three years of Jesus' ministry, this is the third year, they, they still didn't figure that they knew how to pray. So they said, so when Jesus came back, you could see them asking, Jesus, Teach us how to pray. Like, we want to know how you pray. Um, so he starts to answer their question by telling them what to pray in verses 2 to 4. And then he responds and keeps on going, verses 5 to 10 with one parable, and then verses 11 to 13 with another parable. So we're actually going to look at two parables tonight. Um, but let's, let's read this section. All right, Let's read his response to their question. Verse 2, he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey. I have nothing to set before him. And he'll answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his impudence, his persistence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and to the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? 
Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Right? Um, so he starts this out by telling them what to pray in verses 2 to 4. And we'll go over this pretty quickly. Um, and this is important because you can't know how to pray unless you know what to pray. You, you can't expect to be God to answer your prayers unless you're praying as he would have you pray. Um, so the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer, it's kind of a grid for our prayers to go through. And it shows our priorities in prayer. Um, so going through this, verse 2, Father. Right, this is how Jesus always addressed the Father when he was praying. And that's neat that we can address him in the same way as a loving Father who loves his children. Hallowed be your name. That's a request for God's name to be glorified and lifted up. And for him to be known who, for who he really is. Your kingdom come. That's a request for God's His gospel to spread and for people to come to know Him and also for Him to return. Right? Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. That's a request. That's a dependence on God for all of our needs throughout our days. Forgive us our sins. That's also an everyday need, right? We have sins. We still struggle with sin, right? First John 1 John 1.9 says, Right, you guys know that verse. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then lastly, um, we have... Oh, no, not lastly. For we ourselves forgive everyone who's indebted to us. Right, that's the response to us being forgiven. And then lastly, lead us not into temptation. So that's praying for the future as we look forward to things that may be struggles for help and those things. So, so that was quick, and uh, if you guys have outlines, you'll notice I kind of left a lot of room there, even though I didn't spend very much time on that. Go and look at that on your own. Um, we don't have too much time for it right now, um, but that is important. Um, so, so this is at least the second time that Jesus taught this. He taught this toward the beginning of his ministry in Matthew 6, uh, but he's reemphasizing this again. And just a couple quick thoughts about this. Um, when we pray, God's needs and God's name and his kingdom, that, that should be our first desire. And that's, that's what we learn from that. Those are the first things that come. Those are the most important. And this, these should be reoccurring prayers too. They should be daily because we need prayer again and again. Uh, but now he's going to go on to describe the how. How do you pray? Right? That was their question. Lord, teach us how to pray. So verses 5 through 8, he responds with a parable. Uh, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. Excuse me. So look at the time. Look at the time he's coming to him. Right? Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight? He's coming to him at a really inconvenient time of the of the night. Right? Uh, this is a very inconvenient request. Um, so there's two people. You got the one that's asking, and you got the 
the friend inside. Um, the second friend, he was already in bed. The door's closed. Lights out. The kids are in with him in bed, right? Um, See, it would have really been a hassle for him to get up and to help this, this other friend that came to him in this situation. But why did, why did the second friend come at that time, right? Why, why would he have found it necessary to come at midnight uh, to get three loaves of bread? And, and again, three loaves of bread, that's, um, that's more like three slices of bread. So that's not very much. That's like one meal. You know, he's, he's just trying to provide one meal for his friend. Um, but hospitality in this, in this culture is so important. You know, even if his friend came to him at midnight, he still had to give him something to eat, right? You think about um, Genesis 18, you know, the Hebrew culture. And uh, you think about Abraham. This, when the three men came to his house, it says he went quickly to tell Sarah to prepare something, and then he ran to go and kill a calf to give him, right? He was... He needed to get some before these guys, right? So it's probably a lot more important than it is in our day and age, but he needed to give this guy something. Um, so hospitality is huge. That's, that's why his friend is coming. He's even coming at an inconvenient time of the night. So it is inconvenient, but it's not necessarily inappropriate, right? Because he did, he did need it. Uh, but you got to love how realistic this story is because you know what if someone comes to you in the middle of the night and wakes you up and asks for something what you're probably going to respond like this guy just right off the bat right you know that's it's pretty realistic you know can't you wait till morning seriously three slices of bread really you know you didn't keep any last night for yourself you know you don't have any in the cupboard um so he, he was just hoping the first friend would just give up, right? He's like, hey, just, just go ahead, just leave. Um, but look at this. Verse 8, I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he's his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. So what happened between verses 7 and 8, right? I wish that was louder. He's knocking, right? He's knocking on that door. Right? That's, that's why knocking is such a perfect picture of persistence and impudence. Uh, the, the word impudence is kind of, we don't really use that word too much. Some translations have uh, persistence. Um, this also just means boldness, relentlessness, or even shamelessness. So this, is, so this guy's like, hey, I'm here at midnight. I probably already woke up your kids. I need this stuff. Whatever, you know, I'm going for it. I'm going to get my bread, right? And the first friend, notice the first friend, he didn't say that, okay, hey, I don't have any, fr- any bread, sorry. You can go to the next guy. No, that's not what he said. He had bread. He just didn't want to give it to him. But, but that one friend, he wasn't going to leave without some bread, was he? So, let's see. Yeah, that first friend, he knew if he knocked long enough, he was going to get what he needed. Um, you guys that went to MSU, you, you guys remember living in the dorms? Do you remember when the RAs would knock on the doors? This was one of the first things that came to mind for me. You remember how loud that was? Like, they were not, you could not get away from that, right? Like, you'd wake everyone up on the whole floor with that. 
they're demanding attention, especially if they know you're inside. They're going to get you. Right? They're going to get you. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's the picture here, right? He's, he wants what's inside. He knows what that guy inside has, it, and he's going to keep on knocking. Right? So, so now we go, why would, why would Jesus use that as an illustration for prayer? Right? Um, remember, that was, that was a question. And this is his answer with that parable. Uh, verse 9, I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And to the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Does Jesus actually want us to ask like that? You know? Does he actually want us to ask like that? Like that friend in the first parable? In a real way, he actually does. And I think that's, that's what's so interesting about this story. Um, rem- remember that the, uh, the meaning of the word, word parable was like to throw aside, throw alongside, sorry, right? So it's a comparison, right? So he, he used this parable. He's like, how can I describe prayer? Well, I'm going to use this thing, and then you can compare it to the real thing, right? So you have the two people. You have the one asking, and that's us, right? And the person inside, that's God. That's, that's him. That's the person we're asking. So, I mean, that's, and that's a pretty clear comparison. Obviously, obviously, it breaks down. It's not perfect. Um, but both, in both cases, we're the one that's asking, and the other person has what we need. And the point of this parable... Right, the point of this parable, don't miss this. We need to pray persistently and boldly. Right, we need to knock when we pray. Right, is that is that a different thought on prayer than you've had before? I gotta admit, this is this is kind of intense. Right, you need to knock. Right, there's also, um, yeah, there's a, a contrast too. You know, if, if we can get what we need from people who don't want to give us what we want just by being persistent, then if we go to God who wants to give us what we want or what we need, won't, can't we get what we need if we ask him? Um, I think... I think there's kind of a good question that comes up right here. Do we, do we have a right to pray like that? Um, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of inconvenient. It's kind of an intrusion to go to a, a human friend and do that, but to think that you would be going to God and doing that, that's kind, of a, that's kind of bold, isn't it? To think that you'd be knocking shamelessly on the door of heaven for something, right? Um, and I, I, think, I think that's a good it's kind of good that we have that thought because um, we do we do need to treat the Lord with respect, with the most respect. He is holy, right? Um, so why why should we pray with boldness and persistence? All right, we're going to look at two things. I think I have those on your outlines. Two things. Why should we be bold and persistent in our prayers? Um, first. We should be persistent because he tells us to be persistent. That's, that's pretty simple, but 
this is pretty much just a command in these verses. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Right? That's a command in a way. Right? And these words are all present. They call them present imperatives. That means keep on seeking, keep on knocking, keep on asking. Right? That's persistence. Right? And even the way he says that kind of uh, helps illustrate that point, right? If one way doesn't work, if you go ask and that doesn't work, go seek. If that doesn't work, go knock. Right? There's, you can just see that. It's just dripping with persistence. Right? These, these prayers won't answer them, won't ask themselves. Um, and, and it's kind of interesting that he's telling us to ask him, right? Because most people, most people don't do that. You know, we'll just ask him anyways. But he's, he's actually, he's telling us to ask him. He's inviting us to do that, right? He's inviting, he's saying, come on, ask. Ask and you're going to get it. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be open. Um, so what are you asking for? That'd be a good question to ask yourself. Um, are you asking for anything? Um, sometimes our problem is that we don't even ask in the first place, right? You do not have because you do not ask, right? James four two, and and even more than that, how much we give up after praying once or praying twice, and we don't ask anymore, right? Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Um, and the, and this isn't easy. We all know that. Um, uh, there's there's a, quite a few places that talk about being persistent in prayer. I'll just read a few. Uh, Colossians four two, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Ephesians six eighteen says, pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Right, he, he, Jesus told a, a parable that's pretty similar to this one. Um, we'll turn there really quickly in Luke 18. Very similar parable. Um, Luke 18, verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Okay, so we know, we know where, where this, this parable is going. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down with her continual coming. Right? Like widows, widows back then didn't really have very much as it was, they, they, they were pretty much on their own. And, and this widow had an adversary coming against her as well, right? And you'd, you'd think that a judge would care something about that, right? But uh, Jesus, in, in the way he told parables, a lot of times he used uh, things that were just kind of out of proportion, just to make a point, right? Um, and you have this judge that, in essence, he likes doing things that are evil, 
Like, why is he a judge in the first place? I don't know. But he, he likes doing evil things, right? And, and the point of this, right, is he, he gets to the point where he's like, I don't care that I'm doing good. I don't like doing good, but I'm only going to do good because she's bothering me. Right? Um, and then verse 6, Jesus responds um, and has a few thoughts on this. Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give the justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? All right, let's go back to Luke 11. All right, so, so we looked at a first reason why we should, why we should ask persistently is because God invited us to do that. He said, come and ask of me, right? He said to keep on doing that. So that's the first reason. But the second reason is we should be bold because he promises to answer. Right, he promises it. And again, that's, that's right in verses 9 and 10. Asking, you will, it will be given to you. Seeking, you will find it. Knocking, it will be open to you. And if that wasn't enough, he makes it broader and he goes, for everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. Right? And uh, this, you know, we, we could take this really out of context and just say, hey, God's going to give me whatever I want if I ask for it, you know? I want a new car. You know, I want such and such. You know, just whatever your heart desires. Um, but no, you know, verse 2 to 4, he already addressed that, right? That's what you pray, right? He already told you what to pray. So that's, that's not really the issue here, I don't think. Um, but let's turn, to, let's turn to James 4. Let's look at another passage here. All right, James 4, 2. Get in there. Okay. You desire and you do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. But on the other side, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. So there is a wrong way to ask, right? We do need to address that. Obviously, <clears throat> this isn't just a blank check to go use for whatever. He's given you what to pray. That's, and that's why going back to that Lord's Prayer is so important. And that's why we should be checking our prayers with that too. right? We should see if our priorities in prayer are the same as what Jesus expects our priorities to be. Right? And so... And so if you think about that, he's given us what to ask, and he's promised to give us. So really the only way to ask is boldly. He said, ask this. This is what you can ask, right? And I will answer that. Now go. 
you should ask boldly. You should go and knock, right? Because you have that promise that he's going to answer that. Right? If we didn't know how to pray, we couldn't pray boldly. That would be pretty presumptuous for us to, to go to God and say, hey, give me this, if we didn't know that. But he told us, hey, this is what you can pray for. Right? So when we pray according to his will, we should be bold when we pray. We should be knocking when we pray. We should be expecting an answer. Uh, John 4, 14 to 15, 1 John 4, 14 to 15 says this, This is the confidence we have before God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Right? Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Right? So we should ask and seek and knock persistently. Why? Because he told us to. He invited us to do that. But he also promised us that he was going to answer that. Right? Um, so, um, if I don't know if we're in Luke 11. Go back there if you're not. Um, we're going to keep on going. Keep on going. So that was the first parable. Whew. But this, this second one is, is pretty quick. All right. Verse 11 to 13. All right. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? All right, and this, this talks about God's character. This, this parable goes on to describe God's character in answering prayer. So he takes it a little bit, a different, a different scenario, kind of. Because before, we were the person that was asking, right? And he told us to knock. But now, he's putting us in the shoes of one that's giving, right? And he's... He has a neat illustration because God is our Father. He tells us to call Him Father, and that's for a reason, because He gives us good things, and He wants to give us good things. Um, but even, even earthly fathers, they know how to love their children. right? If a, if a son comes to his father asking for what he needs, it's, it's going to be bad enough if he says, okay, no, I'm not going to give you that, Right? If he came and asked him for a fish, if he came and asked him for food, I'd be bad enough if he said, no, I'm not going to give you any food. Sorry. You know, that's, that's bad enough. But, <clears throat> but this goes even further. Like I said, these, some of these stories are a bit over the top to make a point. Um, because his son is asking for what he needs, and his father, on the other hand, is giving him something that looks like that, but it's going to kill him. Right? How messed up is that, right? Right. Not not even evil people do would do that first thing, right? Not even evil people would would say, "Hey, I'm not going to give you what you need to their own children." But but wow, that's that's pretty intense to to say, "Hey, I'm not going to give you a fish, but here's a serpent," right? 
And it's, you, you, you look at the things, the fish and the serpent and the egg and the scorpion, those are kind of things that looked similar to each other. So, so in a way, it's, it was almost like he was tricking him. Um, and this is just natural instinct for people, right? They love their own children. So why does, why does Jesus tell this parable? Well, obviously, we have the answer in verse 13, right? You're evil, right? And yeah, you're evil. Um, but you know how to give good gifts to your children, even though most of us don't have children. I, I realize that. But um, I'm sure you will someday. If, if you have children, you will know how to give them good gifts. <laughs> but if, if evil parents give good gifts to their children, how much more is God going to give good gifts to his children, right? Right? We, we talked about the Lord's Prayer and, okay, this is what we can ask. This is, you know, this is what the Lord wants us to ask for. But that doesn't mean he's keeping us good things from us, Right? Um, Psalm, Psalm 84, I think it's 8411. Um, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And this one, even more, uh, Romans 832. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not with him graciously give us all things? That's good. That's good. Um, um, but why does, he, why does he say Holy Spirit? That's, that's kind of, that's a little bit confusing. Um, so you who are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. But how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to you? Why, why do he say Holy Spirit? Um, I don't want to spend too much time on that. Uh, but we can be pretty sure he's not talking about asking for salvation. Hey, give me the Holy Spirit, you know. Um, we, we don't ask for the Holy Spirit when we're saved, right? That, is, that happens, right? We repent and we believe. We see our sinfulness and we turn to Him. And He gives us the Holy Spirit graciously. Um, but this is, this is talking about the Holy Spirit, His work in our life. So, right, if we're asking Him for good things, He will give us the Spirit. He will use the Spirit to empower us to have those things. Right? The Holy Spirit, He comforts us. He guides us. He protects us from, from error. He teaches us the truth. He gives us boldness. He convicts us of sin. Um, so yeah, He will give you what you need because He is a good Father. Right? So yeah, there we are. The question in the beginning is, how, how do we pray? Right? How do we pray? Um, and Jesus told us to pray by knock, like knocking on a door, right? Knocking on a door. We're supposed to pray persistently and boldly, um, and we can do that because He's invited us to do that, right? He's invited us to pray boldly. And remember that. Remember that promise. I'll I'll go to that in closing. Verses nine and ten. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Um, let's. We do, we do this sometimes. Um, 
in the church services, but if we could maybe, if you can, turn and uh, face that way, just kneel, um, and we can go to the Lord in prayer. Um, Father, what a privilege it is to even talk to you. Father, we don't we don't deserve to to have what you've given us. Lord and much less to, to be able to ask boldly, Father, what we need and what's good for us. Um, Father, I, I thank you that you are good Father. Father, I thank you that we can call you Father. And we can come to you when we have needs, Father, and you do listen to us. When we can cast our anxieties on you because you care for us. Lord, we... Lord, we... We're so inadequate in this, Lord. Lord, and, Lord, and as strange as it sounds, Lord, I ask that I pray that we would pray. Father, make us people that pray. Lord, keep our minds on you throughout our days. As we're driving, as we're walking, as we're waking up, sitting down, Father, keep us mindful of you, Lord, and keep us dependent on you. Thank you. Thank you again. You are so good to us. Lord, we ask for tonight that you would bless our fellowship together and bless us this week as we, as we go and be lights in this world. Father, we ask these things because you, you, listen, you listen to us, Lord. Lord, we pray these things in in Jesus' name, amen. So there's some, like I said, um, Lord's Prayer. Read that on your own. Um, that will, if you know what to pray, that will teach you how to pray. Much better than just throwing anything up, right? So go study that on your own, and there's also some questions at the bottom of the sheet for you guys to think about. So.